T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning. Welcome to Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, WTIC-FM, and WTIC.com. I'm Matt Dwyer. On this day one year ago, the storm that would become Hurricane Maria strengthened into a tropical storm as it moved west across the Atlantic Ocean. The storm would intensify over the next several days until it became a hurricane September 17. Warm ocean surface temperatures allowed it to grow into a Category 5 hurricane, the most powerful classification of tropical cyclone. The storm slammed through Dominica and the U.S. Virgin Islands before making landfall in Puerto Rico on the morning of Wednesday, September 20, 2017, as a Category 4 storm. Hurricane-force winds spread over the entire island. Heavy rain caused catastrophic flooding, especially on the northern half of the island. The center of the storm moved off Puerto Rico that afternoon, but strong winds continued to rake across the island that night. The storm caused widespread damage, eventually causing thousands of people to come to Connecticut, including the greater Hartford area with its large Puerto Rican community. Almost a year later, the storm is still a hot-button political issue nationally. Its impact is still being felt by families now living in Connecticut, and another hurricane, Florence, is threatening more Americans in the Carolinas as we speak. We're joined today by Hunter for Progressive Action case manager Selena Fernandez, Connecticut Puerto Rican Agenda President Jason Ortiz, volunteer Lydia Velez Herrera, and Ora Alvarado from CREC. So, Selena Fernandez, could you sort of describe the difficulty of, of life on the island after after the storm passed? And what, what were folks who have since come to Connecticut, what were they encountering after the storm moved through? Um, we saw some trauma symptoms. So, families talking about how they can still, in a sense, hear the um the winds from the hurricane. Um, a lot of the first clientele that we started to see were disabled and elderly individuals. Um, some people had had the funds um, to send over their family members in most desperate need of um, help. In Puerto Rico, there still isn't power in some places, um, especially in mountainous regions such as um, Utuado. A lot of people reported their houses, the roofs, especially being torn off, water entering, complete mold damage. Basically, for most of our clientele, everything that they had was destroyed, and majority came with just the clothes on their backs. Was there kind of a, 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 com- there a common story that people told about sort of why they made the decision to, to come here? If there was like a, a certain kind of tipping point or something in particular that made them say, that's it, I, I, I have to leave, I have to go to Connecticut? Well, certainly, uh, many people said, we have nothing. My house is damaged. My property is damaged. In some cases, people didn't know where their family members were. Um, it was really, especially, like I said, those who were um, who have disabilities, the elderly, and especially those with children, um, really did not see a way to get what they needed in Puerto Rico because they literally had nothing. And what were the, the immediate needs of folks when they, when they were first arriving here almost a year ago? Basic supplies, so hygienic products, a medical care, um, a place for their children and themselves to stay. That was a major thing. A lot of people came. Some had come at, because they had family members up here. Um, there was even people who called us from the airport saying, hey, can someone come pick us up? Um, but housing was the major, um, the major issue 
followed by state benefits such as SNAP or SSI, some kind of income for families to start providing for themselves, and definitely food and water were absolutely major. So it's a basic necessity is what you need to just survive. Most people weren't even concerned with the issues of like thriving yeah oh it's i want this kind of clothes or that kind of or even driver's licenses it was just the basic food water shelter health care and and over time i, I imagine that those needs have have changed a little bit or have people sort of been uh, or i assume seeking housing and and seeking employment right yes so um we've had a lot of luck um with uh in terms of fema extensions um we're very grateful that FEMA has extended the hotel deadline several times. At the same time, there's a lot of work to be done um, because there's still some people in hotels. Um, some of the changes have been that we're getting requests for driver's licenses and permits. So we see a lot of people looking to stay and uh, really assert their independence. Employment is still a huge issue. We're really looking for employers that are um, able to hire people who speak predominantly Spanish and even employers that may be offering positions for those who aren't literate, because we have quite a few clientele at Junta who aren't um, literate. Uh, in addition, we have requests for now child care as people move on and get their jobs. Um, but like I said, there's a very small portion of our clientele that have successfully found employment. Most people are still looking for employment, uh, looking for housing, um, especially Almost a year ago, the, the, simply getting ID here in, in the U.S. and Connecticut was was difficult for folks. I, I imagine partly because of all the, the damage back in Puerto Rico. It has has that situation improved at all, or is that still still an issue at this point? Uh, I think it is still an issue, definitely, because um, certain. Uh, so, we're, if we're talking about like what FEMA needs in terms of ha- uh, helping with. Um, with loans or uh, or or assistance with um, improving the house, fixing up housing in Puerto Rico, they often request items like titles of prop uh, for property, and most of us in Puerto Rico do not have that kind of paperwork because hey, you know, I you worked for my family for twenty something years, I'm moving or someone dies. Let's make an agreement. Yes, you can now have this house or houses have been in families for generations. So that has been particularly difficult for many people. And and FEMA unfortunately says, hey, you don't have something to prove you're a property, uh, property owner. We can't help you. Um, in terms of birth certificates, um, that has, um, that has uh, quite a few people have um, come in and been able to obtain their birth certificates. One of the conflicts, though, is definitely funding because uh, because there is a fee associated with getting um, with getting one's birth certificate. And many nonprofits have been absolutely decimated by the state uh, budget crisis. So we're, some of us may have funding, but that re- funding has already run out and quite quickly. Um, so if a evacuee can't pay for it, some nonprofits have been able to in the past, including Junta, cover that fee. But now many places, if not most places, are out of that funding. Okay, and, and you touched on this a, a little bit earlier, Selena, but um, in terms of, of the people who are, are, are coming to Connecticut uh, or have been coming to Connecticut over the past year, uh, is it largely older folks or largely folks with, with children or are families more represented? Is, there, is, 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 that, is that group different from sort of the general population on the island? Well, so far, Junta has served 1,080 1, people total. 
198 disabled, 163 elderly, 409 children, and 462 households. So we see a pretty varied spread of um, of people. That being said, most of our returning clientele, consistently returning clientele, tend to be the elderly and disabled, um, and then also f- uh, so families. So we've gotten a pr- pretty consistent spread of um, of everyone. Um, I would say that the clients that are still in need of the most help are uh, disabled people who are soliciting SSI um, or other disability benefits, as well as you know helping them provide helping them with. Um, housing, and also uh, transportation. Do you have a sense as to whether the population of people coming from the island has sort of changed over the last year? Is there, are, there, are there sort of a, a different set of people coming or people from different sort of geographic parts of the island or anything like that? Um, so far, I would say that I'm seeing, um, in terms of new clientele, more families coming um, and, less, uh, and less individuals with disability. I believe that's because those with disability and the elderly were the first ones that people sent. But yeah, we're seeing a lot more families um, and of varying age groups. So young parents, including parents that are like in their 50s, 60s. So um, that's that's I would say one of the major changes in clientele. And and I mean overall, has sort of the the, the rate of people coming from Puerto Rico to Connecticut? I, I assume it has it slowed. Or, are there still very many people coming at this point because of the storm? At Junta for Progressive Action, new people have slowed down. Most of the uh, hurricane clientele that we deal with are um, ones that came in September, October, December. But yes, it has slowed quite a quite a bit in terms of new clientele. Aura with with Crec, uh, Crec uh, had a, a welcome center open in in Hartford, and it opened shortly after the storm. And uh, how, how long was that actually in in operation? Well, the <clears throat> the Centro uh, for Ayuda for our Caribbean friends, the Relief Center, as it got known all over town, um, opened up on November 1st, and it closed its doors on March 17th. Um, and, uh, you know, we did, it was an effort that it was just the right thing to do at the right time, and we re- we um, gathered many agencies together, and um, about four or six of them kind of joined efforts with us and we were able to serve over 2,000, almost 2,300 individuals. It's like 678 families. And yeah, unfortunately we had to close our doors, but um, we still get are connected with many of the families. And because CREC is a, you know, it's an educational service agency, um, many of the families still come to us for help and we just direct them to the nonprofit community agencies in the area. I, I understand you're still in contact with, oh, yes. with some of those families. What, what sort of needs do they have at this point? Uh, well, many of them have become friends, family, uh, for me personally. Um, they're, it's just a lifeline, you know, just to know that you were able to help somebody and they're doing well. And when I say well is that they're surviving. Uh, most of their needs is they need better employment. The Some of them took apartments um just out of desperation and they're like oh don't worry i'll be able to pay the rent i'll get two or three jobs and that's exactly what's happening so many of them see themselves not being able to afford the rent because of the jobs that they have or hours have been cut or you know um, the hours just don't work for the family so that's what we're seeing right now assistance to uh, be able to you know to pay their rent and to get better employment i imagine it's hard to generalize but overall how are they doing in Connecticut? Well, the ones who have uh, decided to stay, um, obviously Puerto Rico is their first home and their first love, and they always uh, 
yearn to go back, but um, they have made Connecticut their home. Their, their children are in school, and they're doing well. I often get photos of them smiling, and they were at our back-to-school event, and so they were all, they're all excited, and they're trying to survive as all of us are in this world. Um, but um, for the ones who've decided to stay, they are doing well, and the ones who are moving and they're and they're not sitting still and trying to find every resource available to them, they're doing very well. And for the folks who are moving, are, are they moving back to the island or are they moving sort of elsewhere on the Oh, the they're moving. Well, the ones that I know of are, are here to stay because they've gone back to visit and they come back saying that there really is nothing there for them in terms of you know, their home is still in disarray. Uh, the schools are not adequate for their children. So the ones that I am in contact with, along with Lily, um, we they have children. And so their first priority is to make sure that their children have a safe and uh, environment and a good education. Mm-hmm. So they're here to stay and they're doing well. And I think that's sort of an, an important point in terms of, of how this has, has kind of changed the island as well. Is, is there, just from, from, I don't know if, you, if you've been to Puerto Rico since, uh, or just from talking to people who have been back, at, you know, what's, what's the difference in the island now, you know, a year later? Well, I haven't been back, so um, maybe others here in the room can um, talk a little bit more about that. But from the, I have <clears throat> had different perspectives from different people. Um, I have friends who've gone back as, you know, being tourists that they are and say, oh, the island looks wonderful. It looks fine to me. And then <clears throat> you hear from family members who are like in Otuado. I have family members in Otuado and Arecibo, and they just tell you the complete opposite. So um, there is different perspectives as in every situation and i think this is definitely one of them and to kind of open that up to to the group is there anyone else here who would uh, sort of has any any thoughts on the, the biggest sort of changes that either you've, you've seen if you've been back or that, that you've heard of you know in in terms of of the island and before and after that maybe sort of long-term changes i guess well i'll tell you quickly i had to bring a loved one home because some doctors are operating Uh, Right now with generators, that's not acceptable. So when you tell me my loved one has to stay there uh, with a serious condition and the doctor seems almost terrified to tell me, um, listen, the best that you can do is goodbye um, to Puerto Rico and bring your loved one. So my family is there. My mother's there. My brother's there. I have family in the south of the island. So when I went to Puerto Rico and I've been there twice now, Um, my experience was quite different. I'm not a tourist, so I didn't go there to say, hey, I went home to see how my loved ones were. So once you watch the tarps, uh, you hear the stories of people about the disasters with FEMA, the empty promises, uh, the videos. A lot of people came here because FEMA said, we will pay your ticket to go to Hartford or to New Haven or to wherever, and then they were left at airports without transportation, without food, without clothing. So everything we've been challenged with, um, and I'm very passionate about this, so my thank yous are really to those that collaborated, the Jasons who hit the road, the Aura who's too humble to say she's still part of my crew, which I call all the time, the Juntas who you can call on all the time. I mean, Jason has been there a couple (laughs) of times and continues to come out. So this whole... um, perspective that we hear from this administration that includes paper towels um, is incorrect. It's not truthful. And as Bill Clinton liked to say, numbers don't lie. And we have the data. 
And we'll get back to the president in, in uh, a couple of minutes as well. I'll let Jason <laughs> talk to you about that. <laughs> yes. uh, but, but Lydia, you, you, you're a, a sort of a volunteer helping people at, at the Red Roof Inn in Hartford and, and also at St. Patrick's and Anthony Church nearby. To go back, how, how did you start, first get involved sort of helping some of those folks? Well, first of all, I'm a Puerto Riqueña, right? <laughs> so that said, I got a phone call from one of our sisters who said, can we get a warm meal? Do you think somewhere? I thought we were going to do this um, for a couple of days. So I said, okay, we can do that. Let's go to Aldi's because it's the cheapest right now for me. <laughs> and um, it ended up being, we ended up, what, last month or so cooking. It started in my kitchen and we moved on and so forth. And, but I do have to tell you that the part that people forget all the time is we, we pulled out and we said, can we get some help? And people responded to that, which speaks to the love of our communities, all colors from all kinds of backgrounds. So it's time for us to go back to the 1980s when I got here and say we're going to take our communities back. So I shut down my business. Um, I do the advocacy to navigate the social and legal system. And it ended up being a year. So now on the 20th, it's a year, um, which is way too much. And so that said, I cooked. Um, that's mostly, you know, people look at me and go, you need rice, chicken. <laughs> that's what I was literally begging for. And it came through. But it was not, uh, I was not the only one. There was many people who came through. But it should have never happened. If this would have happened in Connecticut and we would have been left without light for 24 hours, we would have been uh, crazy, Right. And so here are people crying, screaming, they're cold, it's winter, uh, schools are not prepared for this, the governor's not prepared for this, there is no funding. And so if we were able to do it, I'm still waiting for those folks to respond. And we're, we're, we're taping the show on Thursday. A federal judge recently ruled that, that after several extensions, a, a form of temporary housing assistance for people who had fled the hurricane will end Thursday September 13, um, today, and as we're taping, obviously the show will be airing Sunday, uh, and any people will be allowed to remain in their hotels through checkout time Friday. Uh, and FEMA had, had sought to end that assistance several times, and, and a Latino legal group went to court to extend it several times. So I, I guess what, what sort of affected all those extensions and the stopping and starting and people sort of packing their bags and thinking they were going to have to leave and then not, what sort of effect did that have on, on the folks that were staying I think we're, we're facing a lot of PTSD, a lot of lack of trust um, in our systems. I think it was ongoing um, terror from people, which ends up taking apartments that eventually they will probably uh, you know, face an eviction or someone like that because they were terrified. I mean, you get um, from the hotel this notice um, underneath the... Um, the door that says you have to be out of here tomorrow and where do we go? How do we do that? And there was resources and monies that they could uh, reach into, but the barriers were so many that if we didn't call one, one each other and say, where's the money? How do we get an access to it? Um, we had many, many barriers. So imagine every day somebody saying to you, you have to go. So that's what they were facing. So we have a lot of PTSD right now. Um, and that's documented by clinicians who are saying, wow, uh, I don't know that we can respond to all of these needs. And are, are you still uh, sort of uh, cooking for, for anyone at the Red Roof Inn or the church oh, at this point? Or actually, it... all of the families of the Red Roof Inn, we had one left, and we moved them to the St. Patrick St. Anthony's. And so all we've been doing is, I'm minimizing that, all we've been doing, right, um, is doing the advocacy and helping people navigate those social services and 
SSI. People brought vouchers from Puerto Rico for Section 8. This should have been easy. You know, it's just a transfer, right? It took months for that transfer to happen. So they came uh, with some resources from Puerto Rico. And somehow, some way, we forgot that we are American citizens. And they were asking for citizenship um, proof. And they were asking for absurd stuff that we continue to, like, here it is, 2018, and we're educating people of Puerto Rico <laughs> and citizenship. You know, so we have a lot of work to do. If I may add on to that, actually, um, working with different agencies, I have more than once heard, uh, as we as we connect with other nonprofits, as you all do as well, um, quite a few times people have asked our clients, do you need help with immigration services? Ditto. <laughs> Uh, and of course, Puerto Ricans are U.S. citizens, mm-hmm. and it's the Commonwealth mm-hmm. and U.S. territory. So, I, I guess to, to jump over to Jason, uh, thank you for waiting yeah. patiently. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> so, what do you think of the federal government's efforts to help Puerto Rico after the hurricane? I mean, it's been an unmitigated disaster from day one, right? So, like the original death count that Trump seems to think is something to be proud of was at sixteen, and we're at at minimum three thousand. So, the numbers are so far out of whack to consider anything like that even remotely a success is just. Uh, not necessarily surprising, but continually disappointing. I mean, we even brought in a, a three-star general to come to the island, and this is now coming out because of the work of independent journalists that are forcing the issue and forcing these records to be released. So for someone to say a year later, 3,000 people dead, which is, by the way, a conservative estimate how many people have passed, and larger than both Katrina and 9-11. So the scale of this problem should be treated at the scale that we address Katrina and 9-11 and giving the people that suffered in those tragedies the same respect, right? And so to have somebody have made their time in Puerto Rico, as was mentioned earlier, throwing paper towels at people, there's really no credibility left with this administration on anything that they think is a success or truthful, right? And so it makes it really difficult to organize people to help uh, solve some of these problems. And we know the federal government is not only not meeting the need, but is a direct barrier to folks being able to, to prosper, right? And so back on the island, not only are there still blue tarps and people without electricity and uh, economic exploitation that have been happening from well before the hurricane, um, people are trying to rebuild. And trying to make things happen and the federal government is making that impossible. As uh, was reported recently, FEMA denied over 90% of the funeral requests, uh, support requests. So for the people that have died, FEMA won't even help them bury their dead. And so we can't move on from the tragedy that happened a year ago if today there's additional trauma, additional suffering that is being done specifically and quite literally because of the neglect of the federal government. So a short time ago, the uh, the president tweeted that the the increase in the number of deaths to almost 3,000 was, as he put it, done by Democrats in order to make me look as bad as possible. And he tweeted that uh, 3,000 people did not die in the two hurricanes that hit Puerto Rico. Uh, any any thoughts on, on the president's tweets? I mean, I try not to spend too much time focusing on the president's tweets because of how ridiculous they tend to be. Um, but the reality is, is that it's his own government that put those that $3,000, $3,000 people number out. So he is effectively saying that his own government is uh, lying to him to help the Democrats. And so you, you can try to politicize every single thing except for thousands of deaths, right? Like that is not a Democrat or Republican uh, problem or issue. This is a reality of what's happened in the United States. 
States to American citizens and really human beings, right? Because it's not necessarily that because we're citizens we deserve this help. It's because th- these are humans. Is anyone listening who is interested in, in reaching out to try to, to help folks from Puerto Rico who are still struggling to get by here? What's sort of the best or some of the best organizations to reach out to or to contact, make uh, donations or volunteer? Well, I continue to meet with uh, folks from the Catholic Catholic Charities. Um, they're one of the agencies that sort of took over the Relief Center efforts that we had, and they still continue to help as best they can. But, you know, all the Salvation Armies, um, CRT is still in the mix. Um, you know, we've got goodwill. I mean, there's still several people still willing to help folks. Obviously, you know, you still have the, um, the red tapes and things like that, but there's a I would say the angels around the table right now, in addition to the ones that are not in this room, are still around to help people. So, And they're out there. You can find them. We've been joined by Hunter for Progressive Action case manager Selena Fernandez, Connecticut Puerto Rican Agenda President Jason Ortiz, volunteer Lydia Velez Herrera, and Aura Alvarado from CREC. I'm Matt Dwyer. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.